Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer, and we are live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has this morning off. Let's give you a look at futures as we get started with trading a half hour from now. The last month of trading for the year, of course, our first day of trading in the month of December. That gets us to our roadmap this morning and to what else? That record rally. Stocks do look to start December on an upswing this after big gains in November. Plus, it's a make or break season for retailers, isn't it? Yeah. How the sector is shaping up for this condensed holiday season. It's already December 2nd. And why Jack Dorsey's planning to spend a big chunk of next year in Africa. We'll discuss it even if we know nothing about it. it. Never stops us. No. No. As we enter the first day of trading of December, stocks are looking to maintain their upward momentum following what was the best monthly performance since June. The Nasdaq was the top performer among the three major indices. Its November gain was 4.5%, Jim, as we head into incredible. 2020, amazingly as that is. Um, I mean, we have to look at the likes of Apple and, and Facebook and the incredible gains and some of the laggards in technology. I, it's hard to imagine Amazon as a laggard, but it has been performance-wise, yes, has. as has Alphabet. And I think that people should watch J.P. Morgan and United Health, which bottomed at the exact moment when, when the candidacy of Senator Warren hit its peak. I continue to believe, like you do, David, it's way too early. But the one thing I would say is that the, it's, there's no reason for J.P. Morgan to be up where it is, given the fact that the, yield, that the yield curve flattened. No need for United Health to be up where it is, although they've got a big analyst meeting. Uh, the reason I say that is because if the economy is at all improving, because the Fed says it's you know, no more need to cut, United Health should be down. So these are political stocks. We spend too much time talking about the Fed and not enough time just talking about how the, whoever's trading is completely it's addicted to the amazing. Democrats. I mean, I kept saying it's too early as we kept covering Elizabeth it Warren is. so closely. At the same time, though, the markets were certainly paying attention to the point where those stocks were down that conceivably, of course, of the companies that would be most impacted by a Warren presidency. And then this rebound that we saw take place over the last few weeks as her poll numbers started to dip. Amazing. Well, you know, I think that this move in J.P. Morgan is the one that's least hurled because, David, it's just pure multiple expansion. We're paying the exact, we're, you know, see, the exact uh, earnings power, but we are paying more and more for it. As Jamie Dimon told us we would, CEO, eventually, but now we're in this situation, David, with what drives it further. Okay. Right. What, I'm not what, saying, just give it, what is the multiple now? What are we talking oh, about? Oh, jeez, we're talking about we? 14 now for JP Morgan? Right. Uh, you know, but what, uh, she's still, yeah, 13 and a half. What, what, Nothing worries me in the sense that I'm uh, looking for a big sell-off in December. But, but I, I'm looking for more reasons for it to go higher, mm-hmm. uh, other than constant reiterations of analysts, which we keep getting. Yep. Uh, because, wow, I mean, November was supposed to be a bad month, David, and it wasn't. No, it was far from it, as we it just said. It was a great month. As we just said. I'm seeing green shoots in Europe, which... 
from auto sales. Are you seeing green shoots in Europe? Yeah, I haven't, sales I haven't heard you say that in are, years. Auto sales are up. Uh, we saw Brexit. It would be a big matter. Uh, I do see, you take a stock like GE. David G's at 11. They've got a healthcare conference. Uh, it, it, it's pretty investor day. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of good things. I see a lot of down and outers doing well. I see a lot of companies that are levered to the enterprise not doing well. Take a look at a Dell. Mm-hmm. That's enterprise. Cisco is enterprise. Yes. But the consumer, it's Target doing great. Uh, Walmart doing great versus Kohl's doing terrible. Right. Of course, and that's so, that have and have nots in retail that we right. talk so often about. But they just keep getting. I think that those companies did well. We look at the Adobe numbers, which now is the official tracker of, of retail. The economy. Yes, Isn't that of retail amazing? sales. And we'll that was that uh, that something Shantanus predicted. And I come back. I said, what the hell is Caterpillar doing at 144 if there's no deal? What is it doing there? I mean, that should be lower. They missed the quarter last. Went down well, to let me come back to this idea that you expressed with the banks, because I think it's interesting. As we look, J.P. Morgan stock is up now 35% for the year. What the Just heck? to put it in perspective, the market cap now eclipses $400 billion. Wow. As you say, it's not as though they have not been performing, but the market seems willing to give them a higher multiple than has been in the past. How high can that multiple well, go, or are we... Is that enough? I don't know. You've got a good balance sheet. You've got a company that's doing very well. It's a company that we didn't care whether it was doing well. Good balance sheet. Wait a second. Good? Fortress Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's a company. (laughs) You bet. (laughs) It's a company, David, that all we cared about for five years was the net interest margin. Suddenly, we started caring about the fees. Mm -hmm. We started caring about maybe they'll be in China. We started caring about the collapse of the European banks and how our banks are ascended. We feel the same way about Bank of America. We started thinking about maybe the regulation has finally died down because of the president. So, you know, we, we, uh, I, I just find a stock that doesn't want to quit. And then I say to myself, why? And the answer is because people have decided. There was a downgrade of Wells Fargo today. Oh, no, that was a fatuous downgrade, David. A fatuous downgrade. You were, I mean, yes, the next quarter is going to be kitchen sink. David, you've got the foremost technology banker running that bank. Charlie Sharp, who just recently took over as the company's CEO. Do you think that Elizabeth Warren can Hector Charlie Sharp, unlike what she did to the previous managers? No. But I don't, did nothing wrong. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, why are we bothering talking about Elizabeth Warren? She's only at 14 percent in the polls. Isn't that something? I don't know who we should be talking about, by the way. That remains very much unclear. It, it's early. It's so early. It but is I would, early. I would say that downgrading Wells right here yeah. is not understanding what Scharf can do. I think Scharf takes the axe to the bloated Wells Fargo you structure. Do. You do. Because he's a technologist. You think there'll be jobs? Because typically we don't hear about those, as you might imagine. Companies don't advertise when they are cutting jobs, only when they're adding them. Uh, but they do happen. It does happen. You I'm expect that there's going Charlie. to be, or it's described differently than we're cutting jobs. You know, just Charlie, focused on costs. Charlie's one of those guys. He's not a nice guy in business. Okay. Personal, nice guy. Very nice. I have had an opportunity to spend a little time with him. Very right. nice. But Enjoyed it's it. about business. Yeah. It's not about friendship. Right. You know, this guy is going to go in yeah. and he is going to say, all right, 25% of the people here, we may not need. Let's, ooh, on, let's digitize. Ooh, 25%. let us digitize. Well, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, this analyst is basically setting you up to buy. 
David, okay. I see many stocks being Ulta, people saying negative. Deer, people say Dow, people saying negative things. Roku, they're saying negative things. Give me a yeah, break. Roku's down a lot. All get right, with the before we, before we get to retail, just to just to as we start this month and head into next year, talk all about next year and the year and the decade that's been. Okay. I'm, I'm sensing you are you're not you're not negative, but you are looking for reasons to believe. Yeah, I just want to find more reasons other than multiple expansion. Meaning you just continue to pay more for the same earnings. That's, to me, something that has been done at the year end because no one wants to sell. They want to show that they own stocks. Uh, Apple. Why do you sell Apple now? We're so close to 5G. I don't know. So we keep paying up. I mean, now I'm seeing $16 know, number for 2021. Multiple is not $16 what it used for to 2021. Be. Yeah. You know, that's, that makes it so it is inexpensive. I keep getting to try to give a long-term value like we do with uh, Gillette, a long-term value for razors, you know, the service economy. Yes. They yes. laugh. Yeah. They laugh. They laugh at me. It's a mistake to laugh at me. Let them laugh. Let them laugh. Let them laugh. I don't All care. Right. Let's, uh, let's talk a bit retail. Uh, we have reached Cyber Monday, if you're keeping track. Online retail's already, mm-hmm. though, off to a fast start, of course, this holiday season. According to Adobe Analytics, online shoppers spent $7.4 billion on Black Friday. That marks the second largest online shopping day ever. Firms estimating Cyber Monday sales, again, that's today, of $9.4 billion. I, I don't even know if we should be... It's just buying. When are we just going to finally just say it's buying? This is not single. Online, offline. We don't do singles day. No, we don't do singles Uh, day. Mall versus no mall. Yes. Uh, People are surprised. Kohl's is a buy online pickup. They didn't put any money to it. Right. Uh, I think that this is, again, have, have not. It's who spent. Who spent the money on all online or who offers the greatest bargains? Hence, Burlington with a shocking quarter. Okay. A lot of shorts. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macy's, people feel it hasn't spent enough. Lots of the suppliers are worried. They want to help fix Macy's. They're not helping Walmart. They don't need to. Walmart, David, is just a great online, offline company. That's the story of this era. you yeah. got to go back there. Can you go back? I got to, to Walmart? Yeah. I don't know. A third one? I, I don't want to do a third document. Why not? It's enough. There's so many other now things. Now referring to the third documentary after two incredible do- David does documentaries. Many of our viewers may not even know. They were, they were yeah. a long time ago. They were good. Well, the first one was, on was fascinating because it was the but first time they ever let anybody in. We do Nobody not talk really knew about, about the company. We don't talk enough about how Carl's documentary opened people's eyes to the problems of Jewel. And it's been all Think down. about what's been Now I watch the ads. David, I don't know if you ever watch our ads. They got lawyers now looking for... Uh, people who, you know, parents of kids who smoke Juul, that's yeah. always the beginning of the end. When, when the, you uh, have lawyers the chasing plaintiff's bar those, gets started. Oh, the yeah. plaintiff's bar. And you, by the way, the plaintiff's bar, they're relentless. Yeah. Monsanto. David Monsanto, they're going to find everybody who ever used Roundup. Yes. As we pointed out many times, that may have been one of the worst deals ever purchased of Could Monsanto. Be the worst. Oh, well, you know, there's five GE deals. They're right up there. They're right up there. Yeah, and you still AOL Time Warner talking about documentaries. Oh, that's that was a my good first one. one. That's a good one. But GE, ago, by probably, the way, I think when they emphasize the United, the uh, the health group, yeah. you see that it's not just the uh, fast-growing health. They've got something else going. I do believe that um, we are at a point now. Not yet. Close. 
close to where GE can play offense. Larry Colt might. All right. We got to. We got to. I'm told we got to move on. We didn't even talk about the. How many stocks can we mention Trump's before we have to move on? about tariffs on Argentina and Brazilian steel. How do you like that? Will, the steel industry is still hurting because they are using we'll backdoor to. Chinese backdoor through those countries. Yeah, and get, the devaluation well, of currencies, that's another big rap. Poor Argentina. I mean, that country is already... Oh, don't cry for me, Argentina. Let's get to Courtney Reagan. Uh, she's got an inside, or she is actually, she's inside a Walmart fulfillment center. There she is in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, <laughs> filling us in on this important day that's ahead. Courtney. Hi, David. I heard you talking about Walmart. Here we are. Here's one example. This is just one of six campuses that Walmart has that fulfills those online orders. This one covers 1.2 million square feet. There's 12 miles of conveyors. And from the time that you place your order on Walmart.com, it can be picked, packed, and out for shipping in under an hour. Now, they are expanding that next-day delivery option. It's now in 75% of the country. But the Cyber Monday, those Cyber Monday deals are not eligible for that one. But two days. In general, though, it's a very big day. The National Retail Federation does expect that 69 million Americans will shop today. You talked about those records that we've already set online on Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Today is expected to be another one. $9.4 billion expected to be spent today. That would be up about 20% from last year and mark the biggest day ever online, at least in the U.S. We know Singles Day is still an awful lot bigger. What has changed, though, is when we shop on Cyber Monday. We don't have to wait to get to work and use the high-speed computers. As a matter of fact, we often wait until after work, once the kids are in bed, all the chores are done. The peak shopping isn't expected to actually hit until between 7 and 11 p.m. Pacific time, which is around 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. And 30% of all online sales during the holiday season will have been done between Thanksgiving and the end of today, a pretty big chunk. Now, we're getting some early numbers. Deliver, that's a company that helps fulfill third-party orders for sellers that sell on platforms like Walmart.com, eBay, and Shopify. Deliver says that their Black Friday order volume was 3.7 times a normal Friday. It was above last Black Friday, which was about three times. So that's seeing a bump. Also, a name like Shopify, that, of course, helps support some smaller and medium-sized businesses around the world. They saw $900 million in sales on Black Friday in the U.S. Sales were up 48%. And then Fanatics, that's the world's largest seller of fan gear. So they fulfill orders for professional teams, college teams. They had their best day ever on Black Friday, which is rare for them. Fanatics usually sees their biggest day of the year on Cyber Monday. So they do expect to hit new records today, but they hit it early and their sales for Fanatics up 26% over the weekend. Jim and David, number one college team on Fanatics, The Ohio State University this weekend. Back over to you. All right. Winners win. That's not a surprise. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, you see this ads <laughs> constantly. Fanatics, they stole that deal from Nike. They pants Nike. Did they? Yeah, Ruben pants Nike. I Thank think you, Nike's Courtney. out there. Uh, I, I, look, we have to know whether John Donato is going to change some the way that Nike works. That was a Mark Parker giveaway. Really kind of pathetic. His last act uh, was a bad act. And uh, we still want to know what happened there. It's really interesting that Nike could just have successions and we don't know what's going on for a great American company. Yes. Shoe Dog. But that was, uh, he gave that business to Ruben, the Fanatics. Gave them all of the stuff other than on-field uniforms. Ill-advised. Hmm. Ill-advised. Up next, we're going to have Jim's Mad Dash. We'll count you down to the opening bell 15 minutes from now. Let's give you a look at futures. Uh, you can see what we're set up for at this point as we start trading for December. A lot more Squawk on the Street straight ahead.
What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back. Let's squeeze in a mad dash here as we get you ready for the opening bell about 12 minutes from now. Uh, you want to talk a little Wendy's? Yeah, you know, David, ever since Wendy's announced that they were going to do breakfast, the group has had a top. All right. And then you had the uh, somehow uh, mysterious Easterbrook leave uh, McDonald's. My God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, one of many. Left yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, that was over his behavior. Yeah, it was a suboptimal wow. situation. Yeah, sometimes you just so many headlines so quickly. Sometimes. I know. You know, here today, going tomorrow. I know. I mean, you mentioned Parker at Nike. I mean, we've had an exit of yeah, significant I mean, Parker, CEOs. What we happened? Spent an enormous amount Parker. of time talking about. It. Yeah, Parker was young, yeah. and then Dono, Dono goes there. What yeah. happened to Dono? What you know, service Dono now? leaves service now. I but, know. Uh, but then uh, McDermott gets there from SAP. Yeah. You can turn them into even more powerful. David. All right, back to Wendy's. Sorry. Steven, Stevens this morning says Wendy's breakfast is. Going going to succeed and a good fourth quarter. If that is the case, David, just go buy Wendy's. Just buy Wendy's. Because okay. Wendy's has, and you're going to love this, David, we'll go Tell get me. it, yeah. a honey butter chicken sandwich. Ooh. Now, we know that that did wonders for Popeyes. It really did. Uh, and so Wendy's has the possibility here of a big breakout. It's not expensive stock. I like this one. I think you have to buy it. I think you have to keep it. Until the first quarter of next year, I remember they're hiring 20,000 people. That bothered people uh, because people say, how are they going to get 20,000 people? I mean, there aren't a lot of people. But Wendy's has assured me that they can. Uh, and I've got to tell you, David, inexpensive stock in the QSR category. Quick serve. Right. Right. Uh, not a lot of McDonald's has this weekend. Oh, it's true. I didn't see yeah, that. Things are changing. It's interesting. I think a that lot could be of Walmart easy. ads. Oh, wow. my. So many Walmart ads. And you saw that great piece by Courtney. You know, David, that's another thing. It's hard to find people who want to work at those places. Yeah. It is hard to find people who want to work at jobs that are minimum wage. People want more. They want a gym membership. Hey, you've told me that. I know. That's because you're giving them out at the restaurant. Can't now, you right? my, my daughter went to the Y. What's the matter with the Y? Nothing. I've been I think the Y's I, fabulous. I've been at the Y for years. Thank you. Many years. The one on 47th Street. Yeah. Good Y in some. All right. We got a lot more to talk about here. Uh, a lot of stocks to uh, keep an eye on. By the way, pretrial briefs also out on the States versus T-Mobile and Sprint. Want to get to oh. that. So many different things moving around that. But we got an opening bell 10 minutes from now. Stay with us. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. 
Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Seven minutes from now, we have an opening bell to start trading for the last month of this year. Of course, coming off a very strong November for the markets, at least if you owned uh, stocks. The opening bell coming up. You're watching CNBC's Squawk on the Street. We're live from the financial capital of the world. We've got an opening bell set to ring about four minutes from now. A little time for uh, Jim and I to uh, talk a bit about what we can expect. We mentioned briefly, uh, I mentioned briefly, uh, a Trump tweet from earlier this morning indicating immediate uh, tariffs going back into place on steel imports right. from both Brazil and Argentina, citing their declining currencies right. as the reason. Now, Argentina is an economic freefall. Yes. A new president taking over the markets didn't like it. They can't. They've got 60 something percent interest rates. What are you supposed to do? Um, That's there it is. Look, I mean, we have to understand that some countries devalue in order to be able to take advantage of our country. Some countries devalue because they're falling apart. Now, Brazil, I thought, was a little bit better, but Argentina's become... Argentina's falling apart. People should be aware of this. Don't say that, because things are so hard. No, because Argentina used to have this... Venezuela's humanitarian crisis of the highest order, but Argentina, I mean, we're talking about a country that still... Buenos Aires, that's one of the most beautiful places in the world. One of the top, in the early 1900s. Economies. Look, I think that anything that makes it so that you can transship Chinese steel is in the uh, crosshairs of the government, as it should be, because the Chinese continue their ways, even as they say they're not continuing their ways. Uh, you ship it through Argentina, get it, you dump it in our place. So Argentina doesn't make that much steel. Brazil right. makes a lot of steel, but Argentina, no. And so this is a calculated risk that. Um, the back door ends. Now, by the way, David, steel prices low. I know. Steel prices are low. And, and, and we, we, looked, we looked at steel stocks. I mean, you can add up all the market caps of all the major steel producers. They don't equal. No. I don't even know. And we're trying to bring back anything. Trying to bring back the industry. I mean, U.S. steel. I know. But Nucor remains a fabulous company. Uh, great balance sheet. Can raise the dividend. Uh, done a lot of expansion during the downturn. U.S. steel's market cap is two point two billion dollars. <laughs> Not really? laughing. Yeah, two point two billion. Well, look, yeah. uh, it, there's so many industrials that are doing better, even though their their earnings aren't better, which is really rather amazing. Um, back to the larger issue on trade. Continue to get positive headlines. Not much on the China potential China the deal. The government does a political back. story, I think, talking about them being right. millimeters away. From- no, I mean the government's initial plan was to take tariffs up as po- as high as possible, maybe thirty. And then once they got to 30, they can roll them back. It was never their intention to roll them back till they got to 30. Never their intention. Uh, so the idea has been, listen, if you play ball, we won't take them to 30. But we're not rolling them back. Well, no, there's, I mean, the stories today are that December would not happen and that there would be a rollback on the September 1st tariffs. You well, I think that? that the Hong Kong, I think the Chinese are starting to think that there may be a, a more aggressive strategy about Hong Kong that they didn't count on. 
Mm-hmm. The president hadn't been standing with the civil rights activists until recently. Yeah. Now, I also but think, you are still a believer that we're going to get a phase one. So yeah, to speak, we'll get a phase trade. one. I am more worried about the upper left-hand column of the New York Times, which is the deal with Mexico and Canada. I mean, Will Pelosi, who came on Mad Money and said there will be a deal. Can you do a deal while you're impeaching a president? Seems counterintuitive. You can. Counterintuitive. You got to compartmentalize. Yes. Right? Get business done, potentially. Although not much gets done these days in D.C. All right, there's the applause building here, of course, as we get ready to uh, start the trading day. You can take a look at our S&P 500 real-time exchange back at our headquarters. There it is. Most likely going to be a little bit more green on that board. Here's the big board, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. That's FERC. FERC is here. FERC has been... FERC is in the house. I mean, I know this is going to sound strange, but FERC has been very uh, very pro-regulation during this period. Probably more pro-regulation than they were uh, with Obama. They're completely out of sync. Uh, they have uh, made it so that the national limited partnerships are even tougher to raise money. That group has been a complete disaster. Uh, and when Chesapeake, it, when, if Chesapeake and Southwestern go their inevitable way, then many of the contracts will have to be redone, and you cannot touch the MLPs. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Orishore Technologies did the, uh, did the honors over no, Notice the, Apache, uh, by the NASDAQ. way. They owned up the, the surname, the big surname prospect, uh, May not be uh, what we wanted. But see, you just went on a little thing here. Let's let's you know what? Let's give our viewers a sense of what you're actually talking about. You're talking about a lot of the pipelines, the MLPs that yeah, but they've been pathetic. Them. They've been the most the biggest bear market in. Um, it's I've been a while seen, now. Of for the rich people, significant underperformance. I mean, it's a long time since Kinder, of course, went the other way. He became buying. went from being right. No, to not, yeah, he to keeps C-Corp, buying. Um, hasn't really done much. And again, if you have one of your largest customers having to redo, uh, then what do you do? I mean, now there is a lot of, remember, with this month was the first month where we exported more than we imported it, since 70 years. But the pipes are uh, competing. They built so many pipes out of the Permian, uh, and now you're starting to read that uh, the U.S. is maybe drilling less next year. Competing? For the longest time, you talked about there being a they glut all, and an inability to get it out of there. Uh, what happened? They built them. They built the pipes. And uh, even natural gas being exported, when you're starting to export 7 billion cubic feet a day, it's the only thing that's kept natural gas from going through the floor. So the energy markets are very bad here. You've got the Chenier Terminal. You've got the Freeport. Freeport. Almost Freeport's. You've got the Dominion uh, Terminal. It's doing quite well. Uh, but the thing that I worry about here, David, is if you look at Apache, uh, you see anybody, Apache doesn't have the worst uh, balance sheet, but the balance sheets are horrendous for a lot of oil companies. And then oil and gas, natural gas, so bad. Well, we've talked a bit, haven't much, about the credit market starting to be a bit discerning when it comes to certain things, including some of the energy names. Oh, that's and Yeah. Uh, and LBOs, too. There have been some um, attempts that uh, have not been well received, in, at least when they sort of hit the debt markets to see if the money would be there yeah, for a really potential hurting, don't talk about. Uh, deal in LBO land. Depends on the credit, always. But... But they aren't quite as generous in the last, let's call it, month. How about these LBOs that came out of the retailers? Michaels, doing particularly poorly. Party City, David, LBO, being ground down by the helium shortage. Now, helium is a natural, it's a natural chemical, second only to hydrogen in terms of its abundance. And party cities being uh, destroyed. Dollar, your dollar 
Tree talked about Dollar it. Dollar Tree talked about it. I didn't know about points. the helium shortage until then. And, yeah. and he came on, Mr. Philbin, and talked about it right. He was very basis points in terms of their business. Who knew? Who knew? But that's, it, why, that's why I love coming in. You learn something every day. Every I had no idea day. there was a helium shortage. There's now I know about shortage. it. And I even have some understanding as to why, although I'm not completely clear. Not completely clear, no. no. But uh, the, that's the... Uh, Balloon market. Yes, it's not the, the uh, market. not the market. The uh, funny market for when you get your teeth done and talk really funny. Uh, let me give you something that's not funny Wait, and it's uh, important. Okay, you go ahead, and then I'm going to do. Uh, a great man. Yeah, a, a man I love. A man who's been a t- tremendous person, guest, philanthropist, Mark Butler, who is the uh, chairman of the board, president, and CEO of Ollie's Bargain Outlet. He's done a remarkable job. He just passed away. Okay, and. Um, I have been invited to do, he's done some great things with charity. I think that's first. Second is he built a great company, uh, one of the great bargains, and I, it, it's astounding. I had dinner with him not that long ago uh, with my wife. He, he truly, his first cause, cause uh, Cal Ripken, um, was one of his, Ripken's charities. Got it. And uh, I hope to wish the best for his family. Sorry to hear that. It's a very tough time. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, all right, let's talk a bit about uh, Sprint uh, and T-Mobile, of course, a deal that, well, we've talked a lot about it, haven't we, through the, at this point, we're getting on a year and a half or so. Right. Uh, but an important moment coming up next week, um, on the 9th, I think it's the 9th, uh, they will begin uh, their trial, where the states, and now they're all uh, Democratic state AGs, I mention that because some see it through a political light, uh, Texas having removed itself recently, but uh, are going up against um, against these companies saying, you know what, your uh, plan to combine is going to be anti-competitive. We got the pretrial briefs. They were filed just the other night. Uh, and we have a number of people, obviously, that expect looking at them, both those who analyze these things to try to understand what it would mean. And, well, that's basically it. And those who are investors as well. Uh, the plaintiffs, just to give it sort of a very brief overview, the states in, in question here say, hey, listen, this merger would dramatically increase concentration in what's already a concentrated market. Uh, higher prices are going to hurt poorer consumers. And the remedy, they say, the remedies that they are seeing, for example, DISH, and the spectrum it's getting, and the Boost Mobile, that's insufficient to offset competitive harm. Um, They go on from there to talk about a lot of other things uh, as well, but that's sort of some of the keys here. The companies, on the other hand, are saying efficiency, efficiency, efficiency from doing this deal is going to put us in a position where we are going to be able to offer lower prices. Perhaps it's not going to happen right away, but uh, soon and then for a long period of time, we are going to be able to... uh, bring high quality, lower cost than if we were standalone. Our capacity increases will enable competition. Uh, and DISH is going to also be a vigorous uh, entrant into the market, they say, uh, as well. Um, somebody I follow, uh, Paul Gallon, he's an analyst at Cowan's Washington Research Group, comes out this morning with his take. And he says states are likely to prevail in a T-Mobile what? sprint trial. Sees it as a David, 60% that's not- chance. By the way, Jim, he's not alone. He's not alone. You know, when you go through the basics and the HHI, the, the way you measure competitions, uh, the index that, that, that they do that, you know, they're going to say that uh, T-Mobile's core efficiencies argument, even the DOJ analyzed the merger and said the result would be increased prices and less attractive service offerings, and that any efficiencies generated by the merger are unlikely to offset the likely anti-competitive effects on American consumers. It could all come down to that. It is certainly a real possibility the states could prevail. We won't know. 
trial will be held. David, this is very important because I'll tell you something. You know who's leaving. You know who's leaving T-Mobile? Ooh, yes, John Ledger. So why would I ever want to own this stock? Yeah. If they don't have it, the reason why you own T-Mobile is because of the leadership of John Ledger. And John Ledger leaving made it so that unless there's a deal, David, you cannot own this stock. John Ledger is the man single-handedly who built this company. The reason I've, I'm going to continue to stay focused on it is not just because it will have impact, of course, if, in fact, it doesn't go their way. By the way, they, don't, they haven't extended the merger agreement. They're sort of in this weird day-to-day, yeah, totally weird. who knows. But they haven't extended their merger agreement. But the reason and its focus is obviously it's extremely important to Sprint's future, to T-Mobile's future, to SoftBank, which uh, does have a good amount of the debt. Now, not all of it. And, you know, Masa has gone through this many times in terms of there is lots of Sprint debt on the balance sheet, but the Sprint portion of amount is really 5 trillion yen, not 17 trillion in terms of gross debt and what they have the obligation. Suffice to say, though, will have an impact on SoftBank, which has been under pressure, as we know, given the performance of the Vision Fund lately, uh, and DISH, which has these plans to become a nationwide 5G wireless provider over time. So there's a lot at play here, and we're going to stay focused on it. But those pretrial briefs, if you're interested, certainly worth the read. And, um, and again, uh, at least some people coming out. And by the way, I know a number of, of, of investors also who are of the belief, Jim, that the states conceivably will be in a position to, pro- to prevail. Um, as uh, Judge Marrero, I believe his name is, begins that trial less than a week from today. Actually, no, one week from today. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, this is incredibly important because as you read the papers, you see that Huawei has yeah. uh, moved far ahead. Uh, there's several companies in China that are way ahead of us in 5G. Uh, what do you think of this? these reports about the Huawei phone that is more or less not using any U.S. parts any longer. Over and over we heard that couldn't happen. These teardowns confirm that, you know, the power amplifiers all the way through. U.S. components, uh, UBS is still present in some smartphones, but not many. They haven't gotten rid of maybe all of them, they say. Several U.S. RF components being used in the Mate 20 times 5G, but they're moving that way. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm I'm kind of... uh aghast about this attorney general. They don't understand. 5G is uh, national security to me. I think it's really important. And we, Verizon's got a decent, ATT's got a decent, but the way to really jump was to merge these two companies. Uh, T-Mobile and, and Sprint. Oh, in terms my. Of the 5G I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Look, I remember, Emmy, I remember not, when, no. when it was first proposed well, by Ledger. He that said is what it. they have pushed on. They pushed on the national security focus and on the de- delivery of 5G around the world, around the country, excuse me. Um, you know, we'll see, Jim, what, uh, what happens in that trial. Um, you want to talk at all about Roku, which was downgraded? You mentioned it quickly uh, earlier. The downgrade's having a real impact on well, the stock. I mean, the stock Down is so expensive. It's so expensive. I don't understand how people just keep buying it. Uh, the idea, of course, is that every time you see uh, more uh, Disney subscribers, uh, you see more use to Roku. And um, what can I say? This is a call which says this thing is ridiculously overvalued. Uh, David, every single time someone's trying to call top of this thing, it has failed. So I want to be... You can... Did you get your Disney Plus yet or not yet? No, we didn't get the Disney Plus yet. I have the ESPN Plus. I think I have to get the Disney Plus. I just find that it's everybody... uh, Everybody wants it. I didn't care for the Irishman. I've watched half. Two-thirds. Yeah, it's It's three hours and 28 minutes. It's too old. I... 
And you know, Nancy Stacy, one of the greats of all time, but maybe they could have cast some younger people. It's just of, they're too old. And the Latin casino. You know, I hate guys. It was it. really a Detroit situation. De Niro is playing. It just it doesn't. No, you know, you can't. It can't. You need, no, it's like, hey guys, I love is the that reunion. The old Joe Pesci or the young Joe Pesci? Boy, really? Is a there a young question. Joe Pesci? I mean, wow. It's just sunrise. Pacino is living. still. Pacino is still Pacino. He was still. Yeah, look, but you know, Jimmy this is something that everyone was talking about. How it's going to boost Netflix? Maybe so. I, I'm going to finish watching. I will. All that too. said, I got to, got to watch the whole thing. I guess thing. so, but it's just. Um, hey, they got old, man. They, I, we all got old. We all got old. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you're David Nike, piece by Morgan Stanley, raising it, talking about consumer direct offense. Now, I want to be sure that people know Mike Rubin. I think did well. That's my view. Mike right. Rubin is not saying, "Hey, I crushed Nike." They have good partnership. As a matter of fact, it's a great partnership. It's the best partnership in the world. Maybe the single greatest partnership. But I do think that Nike, my view, Nike shouldn't have given it to Ruben. But Ruben you is right talking with about this. You've got to, you're going to have to Michael explain Ruben. to people who he is and well, what he's this a is. guy who comes on and squawk all the time. He's a fantastic Philadelphian. He's got a piece of, of the uh, Sixers. He's one of the great, actually one of the great investors of all time. Uh, and he's got a great partnership with Nike. I do not mean to make it sound like he does. But Nike is doing well. Did somebody Ruben's threaten doing you? Well. Are you backing off now? No, no. I just read this piece. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm trying to figure out why Nike's up so much. But Ruben, I regard him as a friend. We did some good stuff together. But at the same time, uh, I do think that Nike, with uh, I want to know what happened with Mark Parker. And I think we have to find out. Got it. David. I'm on it. All of these CEO changes. It really was stunning. Go. It was stunning. But how is that? How is it that you oh, could have a guy like Easterbrook be the face of, of uh, McDonald's? And then, he, and then he's, he's gone. gone. I know. Easterbrook Bob gone. Bob Swan running Intel. People raising number. Krasanich. Gone. Gone. And yet, you know, when similar, you talk with spouses about this stuff, they often say, Jim, why are you, to me, why does it mean nothing to you? Why don't you spend more time on it? On what? On what happened. First of all, Easterbrook was not married. Well, I, I don't know. I it's just, not a spouse issue or anything I, else. He was I, just, I mean, he just set a policy that then he didn't obey. I, I don't. Look, I don't agree that the idea is, is that we should sp- spend more time on it. But I do think female viewers in particular have said, why are you glossing over? I don't think that's fair. I don't think we glossed really? over it at all. Okay. I just but you know on. what? We got to move on. Well, I just, you know, I just think that McDonald's not the same. No, we talked. We spent a lot of time, a lot of breath. Well, new CEO is kind of like in hiding here. I don't know who he is. Who's the new CEO? He's in hiding. Okay. I'll tell you one guy who's not in hiding. Bob Pisani. Not at all. He's right out there on the floor. He's got more on what's moving, Bob. Hey guys, good to good to see you again. Off for a week, and it's great to be back. It's always here. Uh, we started positive, moved into negative territory, but cyclicals doing a little better. Banks doing well. Yields are up. Good for banks overall. That makes it a little tough for home builders. They're down today. That's direct relationship there. Energy strong despite what's going on with Apache. Industrials was positive. Now it's flat. Utilities also uh, slightly to the downside on the higher yields. Uh, the big story over the weekend. Uh, this was really late last night was the China PMI numbers. Now, remember, the global slowdown story has been very powerful this year. But look at this. Suddenly, we were in positive territory. This is the official PMI, not the flash one. Consensus was 49.5 at 50. We haven't been above 50. That would be expansion since April in China. So this is all adding to the narrative that perhaps we're seeing some kind of bottoming in the global economy. We're seeing some data points that support this. This was very, very supportive of this narrative overall. If you take a look for December, it's a very positive Going into December, the numbers have been positive. We all know this is the best month. It's up 1.6% since 1950. That's the average. That's Stock Traders Almanac. But look at this. 
60% almost of the NYSE is above the 200-day moving average. Is that a little a lot? No, that's very strong. Going into December, that's an excellent setup. And what that does is because you've got so many stocks, including small cap stocks, that have been strong recently, that's why the Russell 2000 is breaking out. 52-week high last week, not a historic high, but a 52-week high. That's because you're getting all of these stocks that are slowly moving up in the, uh, in the last month or so. Take a look at what the uh, year-to-date, what we've been doing here. All 11 sectors, even energy is positive, or maybe 2%. Uh, for the year. S&P stocks, 400 out of the S&P 500 are up going into the end of December. Last year, at the end of December, only 174 were up. Of course, we had that horrible December, and everybody's concerned, oh, we may be having that again. And even those concerns are slowly going away because we see the differences now between December 2019 and December 2018 here. Just put that up, and you'll see what's going on. Remember, in 2018, the Fed was tightening. Now the Fed is not tightening. It's at best neutral. We had a trade war that was getting more aggressive in 2018. Now, let's call it hard to characterize. Let's call it an uneasy truce. And we had the global economy. We had people slashing earnings estimates like crazy going into 2019. Still down a little bit going into 2020, but not nearly as bad. And now you see talk about bottoming and no certain, certainly no discussion at all about recession. We do have some companies that are sitting out there on the tax loss list. We all know we've had some big losses in retail last year. A lot of people are short retail stocks. There was a big article in the journal about this. So there's Macy's that's down dramatically. We know Occidental Petroleum. A lot of the energy stocks have been weak, down 37%. 3M, these are stocks that you could mention um, maybe on the tax selling list that we've got. Barron's had a little story about that over the weekend, highlighting a couple of these names. But again, overall, the setup for December really couldn't be much better. Guys, back to you. Okay, Bob, thank you. Bob Pisani. Let's head, the, uh, let's head over to the bond pits now. Join Rick Santelli at the CME Group in Chicago. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, David. It's going to be very fascinating at 10 o'clock Eastern to get our national ISM. We see how various global ISMs have really altered the landscape coming in this morning, especially on the interest rate side. Look at a two-day of two-year note yields. They're up three basis points. Definitely have popped a bit. But the further down the curve you go, the bigger the pops get. Look at a two-day of 10s. Here we sit up seven basis points, open the chart up to November 6th, and you can clearly see that we have rebounded and that spike high in November right around 189, 190. It continues to be an area to pay close attention to, but then again, uh, look at how sideways we have been in this range under 177, so we did pop above it. Two-day of Boons. Boons are up eight basis points today. Open that chart up to November 1st. What you see is that... If you look at the smallest negative that we've had going back to July, it was at minus 22. And the reason minus 22 is important, of course, is because the closer to zero we get under Christine Lagarde's watch, the more euphoric the market gets. That maybe it won't be monetary policy, it'll be more fiscal policy. And finally, the dollar index, given some of last week's ground back, as you see on the two-day chart there, and do keep in mind, it was tight ranges last week, but steady to the upside. All of a sudden, we find ourselves at the lowest level on the dollar index since the 22nd November. Let's call it a week. And the curve has steepened today about three basis points, tens to twos. Jim, David, back to you. Rick, thank you. Rick Santelli. Be sure to check out our podcast, by the way. You can listen to the opening bell hour of Squawk on the Street wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be right back.
As we begin the final trading month of 2019, there's a look at the top performers on the S&P 500 so far this year. Yes, his favorite CEO, Lisa Su. Remember, Vance Micro having a great year uh, in the stock market, up over 110. You see it 111% right now. Xerox, not far behind it in that battle. It is a battle with, uh, with HP. Up next, we've got Stop Trading with Jim. All right, let's get to uh, Jim for a uh, stop trading. Okay, you want a, an industrial that is a lot like Roku? The answer is deer. Okay, so deer, this morning, Bank of America goes from, they reported last week, hold to sell, okay? Saying that it's just moved too much and it's a China stock. At the same time, BMO comes out and says you got to buy it because it's got a floor underneath it. I am with BMO. David, deer is an incredible stock how much it's up this year, given the fact that it is considered to be a China play. Yeah. Don't sell deer. Buy deer. Buy deer. Buy deer right here. Okay. Tattoo, though, or no? Tattoo? Cat. Caterpillar. No, no I... I, I <laughs> tattoo. Cat, cat's moved up too much. Everybody has tattoos. Wait, tattoo is... Everybody has the tattoos. guy who, in Fantasy Island? Yeah. 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 Cat is, is a, not a buy. Not right. A sell. Right. It's in the middle. It's in the middle. But deer's not. Deer's a buy right here. All right. What do you got on Mad tonight? Well, I got CyberArk, which is probably one of the best cybersecurity plays other than Fortinet. And then I have a company called uh, eHealth. David, this thing is really snuck up. It is such a winner. But uh, Uni Makati, by the way, we have to ask him, what happens if someone leaves CyberArk? How do they make sure that someone doesn't take the intellectual property with them? But, boy, he's good, especially when it comes to uh, the stopping of what's known as the privilege account. Top guy leaves immediately the bad guys look and try to get his password, get in there. You know, it's, the password's usually like his dog and his daughter. I know. Or one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six, one, two, three, seven. Yeah, I mean, how pathetic. Well, no, they're, now they don't let you have passwords like that. You've got to have an exclamation That's point. Octa, and a, Octa's in control. Capital. Octa, where my daughter uh, mistakenly I, tried to get a job I by know. saying she wanted the COO. She said, I'm not going to start anywhere in the COO. I said, I think that's top. That's a big position to start with for being a teacher and a suicide cancer. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.